God is good. Amen. Well, uh, I have an announcement to make. And we, let's put up the, how many chairs this week? We had a 15, 15 chairs. That is amazing. In just a few weeks, how that has grown. Just look at that. Someone say, praise the Lord. <clears throat> it's happening. And I like what Paul said. You know what? God is going to do it. And God is doing it. And he's lighting upon people. And, uh, you know, we didn't hire out some company to come in and get a percentage and bang on your door. And you know what? God knows how to speak to his people. And he's speaking to his people. And whatever that may be that he speaks to you, you're obedient. Know that you're a part of something that's eternal. Did you hear that? Eternal. You know, I did a lot of home construction and, and this past week some cement work. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? Every time I drive by that place, I'll know I help with the foundation. I help with the building. Come on, somebody. And you can know that. You can know that. And so um, God wants you to, to have that. And so jump on. Jump on board. Be obedient with God has. Amen. So uh, it's, our time is escaping. So let me just pray. And then I'm going to fast forward here through what we need to get to. Father, I humble myself before you. And I ask for your strength, your grace, your wisdom to declare your truths from your word. Lord, I recognize in and in myself I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, <clears throat> amen, amen. Turn to your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Hopefully is this week and next week and we'll be done with the armor of God, which, you know what, it's to me, it's been a great series, I feel at least. I mean, I'm getting something out of it. I don't know what you are. <clears throat> and God is preparing. And uh, Angie did such a wonderful job last week. Amazing message. And I mean that. And it just really set up to, you know, what season we're in with that What's your brick moving forward? And so, so uh, Ephesians chapter 6, this is the 16th week in our series, and I've titled it Sword Power. That's why they had the plastic fork, a uh, plastic knife. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that as an illustration, hopefully. I tried to look for it, and there's no plastic knives anywhere in the church, but one. I have the last one. <clears throat> Ephesians six seventeen. the Bible says, let's see if we get this going here, our text Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Somebody shout sword. Which is the word of God. You know, knowledge without application eventually becomes boring and unfulfilling. I'm going to say that again. Hearing week in and week out. Oh, that was nice. That was cute, Pastor. That was a good message. Or, oh, yeah, it was insightful. And you walk out here and you do not apply what is spoken. You wonder why you're bored. You wonder why it seems unfulfilling, but when you apply, so the first word in this verse is take. Somebody shout take. That is your job to do. Amen, Pastor Mike. It is our job to do. We are to take the helmet of salvation, and we are to take the sword of the Spirit. Can you say amen? So we talked about the belt of truth, the breastplate, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, and we talked about that helmet of salvation, and now... Uh, we're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit. Very quickly, a minute or so recap. We said this, that the shield of faith guards our heart 
watch this, in the helmet of salvation protects our mind. How many, how many of your minds need to be protected? <clears throat> right? Our minds. You know why? But the devil comes to attack your mind. I have a whole message that I, for the sake of time, wouldn't get on. To, but I think there's some life groups and people are leading the battle for the mind. There's a lot of material that's out there. But unless you do something with that, you will be defeated. You have all the knowledge in the world, all the steps, all the points, what you need to do to overcome. And if you do not actively do that, you're going to be a casualty in the mind. Can I get an amen? And so he knows, Satan knows that the, 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 the power center, the control center of your life is in your mind. Isn't that right? You look around and it is so grievous pulling up an app and watching what's going on in the news globally and, and now Israel at war and it just, it's insane. It's like if I even start talking about it, stress will be least in here and I don't want that. I want God's peace in here, amen? But if your mind... It's not protected and guarded. How many I know that you'll succumb? You'll succumb to fear. You'll succumb to so many things and you'll be a victim, paralyzed. And here's the thing. <clears throat> Satan wants to manipulate your emotions so you do all kinds of crazy and stupid things. Can I get an amen? And you know what? You know what? There are times, and I've, I've succumbed to this, that you actually, ignorantly, you can become a tool of the devil. You think you're right in your attitude? Come on. You think you're right and you're justified, but you're actually a tool of the enemy. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah, I've been there. It's like, oh, God, f forgive me. I know the time I, I, I remember in a season and I served the last church, I went through six months and I had a spirit of offense. I thought I was right. And I was in prayer and I was like, I was right, telling other people, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, I'm on my knees praying. God said this to me. And I'm going to just say it publicly because this is serious. He said this. Shut up, Mike. I was on my knees thinking I was right. He said, shut your mouth. You're in sin. You need to repent and go make things right. I'm telling you, I started weeping. God showed, you know, God can do that. See, it's not my job to fix you. It's the Holy Spirit's. And, he, and we're talking about the battle of the mind. We can be used as tools of the devil and don't even know, and he's laughing. Ha <laughs> ha. We think we're right, but we are a sore of discord. We're sore of, of trouble. We're being uh, not, not in the hands of God unknowingly. See, here's the thing about deception it's deceiving. You think you're right. You think you're right in your attitude and your way. You think you're right, but it's deceiving. We can be deceived and led astray. That's why God has given us a helmet. Can you say amen? That, that, that we could have that on. And, and how many know wise counsel? We need wise counsel and all that. And we need to be focused. Where does our focus need to be? How many know it needs to be the end of the race? Amen? The journey, amen? So let's very quickly continue here. Uh, the sword of the spirit. How many know spiritual battles are like natural battles? How many know nations should not be engaged in warfare constantly? Isn't that right? Yeah, and so, so they fight when a problem comes along and then their soldiers return home and they experience a time of peace and refreshing and they don't fight again until there's another reason. Uh, unless you like Afghanistan and it's ongoing fighting and forever fighting and it's always, and you look at it, it's desolate. So but let me just say this. This series is not designed to... To, to make you run around looking for the devil, right? It's designed to help equip you so that when the battles do come, 
you will be prepared to stand against the enemy. Can I get an amen? So we'll, today we're going to look at one of the most aggressive, offensive weapons that God has given to the body of Christ. It is called the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Another translation says it this, this way. Let God's saving power be like a helmet, and for a sword, use God's message that comes from the Spirit. Interesting. I really condensed this down on this background because I could have gone a whole message just in it. But Roman soldiers had all kinds of swords. They called them gladius swords. And, and, and some of them were just had, most of them were just a one-edged sword. And they were heavy, they were long. And then through the years, they, they kind of shortened them in various battles. And you don't need to know all that. Uh, there was gladius, spatha, there was cavalry swords and uh, daggers. And, but, but in the Greek, this word sword is very specific. It's a very specific sword. And in this text, the Holy Spirit carefully selected a very specific sword that is part of our arsenal with the armor of God. How many know God is very specific? How many know the word of God is just not thrown together? It's divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Greek word is makera, or makera. And which it, what this sword was is a small uh, a sword or a dagger, anywhere from 17 to 19 inches long. But here's the thing, it was razor sharp on both ends, and on top of that, the tip of it had a hook on it. Now, this was a brutal, brutal weapon. And it was more dangerous than other swords. Uh, it had a, a two-edged two sword, so the blade would cut, go in and out. And uh, they say that the Roman soldiers would quickly stab with this sword, and they could twist it and pull out a person's entrails. It's just, it was, it's horrible horrible. They usually call it the three to five second sword. And then it's over with. This person is taken out. But all the swords available, this was the most dangerous sword. It was the most deadly sword. Uh, when Romans went out to battle and, and people saw that they had that sword with their shield, some of them would turn and run and flee because they could so fastly move that sword. And uh, it, it was intended to kill. It was a weapon of murder. So, Holy Spirit, why do you use that sword for sword of the Spirit? What is he talking about? Why? Paul uses this word, machera, to describe our sword of the Spirit. And what he's doing, he's declaring that God, watch this, has given the church a weapon that is just as brutal. Now, you need to grab a hold of this. God has given the church, the believer, a weapon that has the potential to rip our foe to shreds, the enemy. Did you hear that? In other words, a weapon, watch this, that can stop the enemy in his tracks. Now, see, but the enemy, in many of your minds, is constantly hitting. Diablos, it's like a ball, and it means in the Greek, throwing, constantly harassing. And what happens is we let that stuff fly around. And we're constantly walking around underneath that. The temptation keeps coming. It doesn't go away because you're not using this sword. Come on, how many with me? Say amen. Find out in a moment here. Paul says that the sword is the word of God. Pastor Mike, I thought you said that the loin belt was the word of God. It is. So why does he say that this sword is the word of God? Well, 
the expression word is taken from the Greek word rhema. The word rhema is one of the most familiar Greek words used in the New Testament. Here's a definition just for the sake so you can have it, the word rhema. A rhema or a matera, this sword, describes something that is spoken clearly, spoken in unmistakable terms. Spoken vividly, spoken in undeniable language, something that is spoken in unquestionable, certain, and definite terms. How many of you in your life ever knew that you knew that you knew about something that you knew? <laughs> I'm not saying that's a rhema, but it's kind of related like that. A rhema. Somebody shout rhema. It's a different word for the word logos that we talked about the belt of truth when we started this series. And that is, is actually word, that word logos means reason, speech, principle. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, logos. The word was always there. In the, in the word, the logos was with God. In the logos of the word was with God, the written word of God. This is a different meaning in the Greek, this sword. And so here's the thing. There's a difference between logos and rhema. How many of you know things that are written in the Bible, just because they're written there, don't mean you can do it. Unless God gives you a rhema to do it. Many people have tried to start a church. Smarter than me, more brilliant than me, probably have more hair than me. Yeah, you know what? More fan, yeah, they start a church, but it hasn't worked. Did God give you a rhema to do that? If he did, it will survive. And I say that humbly. I say that with humility. Knowing that I'm expendable, I believe that. So what are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? You cannot do all things through Christ Jesus when you want to. You can do all things through Christ Jesus when God says you can. <laughs> There's a difference. I'll get into that in a moment. But this uh, New Testament, this word raiment carries the idea of a quickening word such as a scripture or a word from the Lord that the Holy Spirit supernaturally drops within your mind, your spirit. And what happens, you come alive supernaturally and it empowers you and it gives you, uh, I would say, supernatural power that to believe, to believe. Uh, these rhema words are so powerful that when the Holy Spirit supernaturally quickens you, whether it's a verse or what, that person, that individual that receives that, they know, watch this, that they know that they know that they've heard from the Lord. There's no doubt about it. Now, here's the thing. How many know this? There's a lot of foolish decisions people have done in the name of Jesus. <laughs> a lot of foolish things. <clears throat> they take time. People, they, they don't seek the Lord. They don't wait on him the next step in their life. And they just step out in the flesh without a, a rhema word, a word of the Lord, something pretty serious. How many of you know that you should have a rhema word who you're to marry? Oh, I just like him. He's so nice. You know, he's got a nice truck. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> you know, I just like her. Oh, she's just so pretty. You know, she's this, she's that. And wow, okay. You know what? We need a rhema word here, right? We need a word. Now, let me, I'll bring it down. I won't, I won't make it all super spiritual here because a lot of you just think, I just looked at you and said, yeah, all right, well, let's get married. <clears throat> There's a lot of things that God has given us wisdom, okay? Use discernment, but God will give you assurance. He'll give you a word. A rhema word from the Lord. What happens is when we run out in the flesh, 
tragedy can happen and Satan provokes you and, and you get isolated and he devours you and your family and, and, and we, we can avoid these things if we simply spend time in the logos of God and wait until God gives us a rhema about a situation, a specific word. How many with me say amen? These are so ridiculous, these two illustrations, but I'm gonna share them with you because they're so ridiculous. Back in the 1970s, a true story, 10 South Korean pastors, they tempted the Lord. They went out on a fast-moving river in a boat. They stepped out in the water to prove that they could all walk on water because the Bible says so. Did anyone in here ever try that one time? I'm not going to have you raise your hand on that. I know people that have tried it <clears throat> after they were almost drowned. <clears throat> so they, 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 they all stepped out of this fast-moving river. And they said, the Bible says that we can walk on water, the logos. And um, <clears throat> they all drowned. So the local newspaper wrote an article about them, said, oh, these idiots. You know what? They stepped out in presumption. When, God, when Jesus said to Peter, come, he could walk. Unless Jesus calls you and says, come, you can't walk. There are natural laws out here. Can I get an amen? I, this seems like it's just elementary, but you know, People have done this, and they've died. So foolish. And then, even just a few years ago, a Zimbabwean pastor, you're not going to believe this, but it's so true. This is so crazy. He was eaten by three crocodiles while trying to walk on water like Jesus. The pastor taught his church about faith. Then he promised he would demonstrate his faith to us today. But unfortunately, he ended up drowning and getting eaten by three large crocodiles in front of us. Do not tempt the Lord thy God. Friends, I am never going to tempt God in that situation. If there's a crocodile anywhere, I'm going to have a pistol or something. <laughs> Amen? No way. No way. No way. But watch this. In John 14, 26. John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall, watch this, teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is there to help you, to teach you, but you have to put something in. Amen? You have to be feeding on the logos. He will teach you all things, and as you feed on the logos, watch this, he will bring all things to your remembrance. Have you ever been in a situation where a friend is confiding within you? They have a difficult situation, and they're confused. They don't know what to do in this situation, right? Then all of a sudden, sudden something is brought to remembrance of you of a study that you did come on a book that you read spiritually a preacher preached something a quote something amen and all of a sudden that comes to remembrance and you know what you share that to them in that moment what happens you brought life and rhema in that situation that's what the job of the holy spirit is to do you should recognize that don't just think i'm pretty smart <laughs> i can remember that's the holy spirit's job to bring to remembrance Whatever I have said to you, specifically even the word of God. So the Holy Spirit drops a word into our hearts supernaturally. And he can remind us of a verse. He puts us in remembrance of Bible promises, a word, a verse, a promise that floods our entire being of faith. Uh, very quickly here, uh, I, I had a, a few rhema words throughout my life. Um, back in 1993, uh, many of you know the story, I was, working at a dry cleaners in Concord, Mass. Uh, some of you are like, well, where is Concord, Mass? In the North Shore. It's a very beautiful area, but I had to go from the South Shore to the North Shore, even though it was 45 miles. 
uh, took 45 minutes, close to 45 miles. Uh, it would take me two hours with traffic sometimes. So sometimes I get up at four in the morning to go, and I was just in agony. He said, well, what was significant about Concord? Well, I worked at this dry cleaners. How many have seen the, the office, Michael Scott? Steve Carell was born there. That's about it. So I would drive up. So I went to my office, <laughs> my office in Concord, and I hated it. I despised it. But I would do dry cleaning there, and this guy had seven stores, and I was the manager, high-end area, and I was the spotter in dry cleaning. And, and it would be in the summer, it'd get up to 108, 105 degrees, 99 in the, with the boiler there and all the steam and the presses. And, and I had gotten out of Bible school, and I felt the call of God on my life and to, to preach the gospel and, and, and that God had called me, and none of it was happening. There was no open doors. There was no, hey, by the way, you know what? You have this opportunity. Nothing. Somebody shout nothing. Have you ever been in a situation in life where you feel nothing? Mm, like this is nothing. Where is my guy? Where is my wife? There is, you know, like I've heard some women say, there is no man in Minnesota. My wife said that. <laughs> she had to go to Boston to get me. Anyhow. But <laughs> yes, there is. There's wonderful men in Minnesota, and there's wonderful women. But God can bring that guy or that gal from afar off. Can I get an amen? He will do what it takes to get there. So you maybe feel that you're at, someone needs to hear this, that you're at that crossroad there. Nothing. My future is hopeless. It's never going to happen. That's where I was at with ministry. Burning in this place, you know, just, just, just broken. Like, like uh, there's no future. It's never going to happen. And this is what happened. I did not hear an audible voice. A light didn't shine down. I didn't do cartwheels of the dry cleaning. All that happened was this sense that God's presence spoke to me, not an audible voice, and he said this. He said, son, within 90 days, you'll be in ministry and you'll be out of this. It was so unbelievable to him, me, I rebuked it in the name of Jesus. Have you ever done that? Have you ever rebuked Jesus in the name of Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I have. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Jesus goes, I'm trying to tell you something here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give you something. And I rebuked that and bound that, and I was crying. In 90 days, I was in ministry. I was out where I was at. I was serving the Lord in that capacity in that season. How did that happen? It was a rhema word. It was a specific word at that time for a specific purpose. And God dropped that in that, my heart and my mind for that season. And I needed that to encourage me to go on. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And so here's the thing. My rhema words have not come all through my life. I don't wake up every single day and go, ooh, I got a rhema word. You know what I wake up every single day? I try to do every single day. Wake up and just read the logos. Come on, somebody. Some people walk around and just think, you know, they have to have all of this supernatural stuff. Uh, you know what? I have the logos. I have the word of God. I thank God for the rhema. I pursue and I look, Lord, I need a direction in this situation. I need a specific word as we move forward. What I'm supposed to do. Can I get an amen? And so <clears throat> a rhema, a rhema. I don't get them every single day, every hour of the day. Sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years. But when I get them, I remember them. <laughs> How many have received a rhema? Let me see your hand. You know what I'm talking about. You know, all right, oh, hold your hand up. Hold you. I want people to look around. You, they've got a specific word. God gave them something specifically. Thank you. Let me tell you something. For every single one of you in here, there's a sword God has given you. 
It's the sword of the spirit, the word of God. It's a double-edged sword. That sword can stop the enemy in his tracks. It can cause him to flee in terror. Amen? One expositor says it like this in this verse. He says, it's the sword that the spirit yields as he draws forth a special word from God. This kind of word from the Lord gives you sword power. I like that. In the spirit realm, you know, God has given you sword power. Sword power. How many of you know that the, the word of God is the primary source for a rhema of God? Okay? But here's the thing. God can use, the Holy Spirit can use people, teaching, preaching, counseling, godly books. Uh, he can even use your spouse. I had happened with Rhonda on our second home. She would walk him from our first house and we were looking for a lot and I had my eye fixed on something else, another lot, and it was a little bit out of our range financially, but I thought, oh, we could do it. And, and she was walking on the uh, uh, side of Lake Mary. She went to this little cul-de-sac, and she saw a lot there, and she said, God told me that that's where we're to build. I'm like, oh. <laughs> man, I know you've never done that. <laughs> and she walked back. She was just confident, right? She was just confident. She's even confident now still in that. She was right. And so I tried to make this other thing happen and whatever. And I just went and drove by and went, there? I mean, and she was right. We made an offer on it. Boom, they came down and we built our second house there. And so God, simple little things like, she's out on a walk. Amen? God can speak if you fold in laundry, ladies. Amen? He give you a rent. Yes, yeah. A lot of laundry, you know, whatever. Changing diapers. God can speak to you. Amen? God can speak to you in any capacity. Okay, we're out of time here. Stay with me if you would, please. <clears throat> I'm going to conclude uh, with this. Uh, it was a time that Jesus needed a rhema word. <clears throat> Jesus needed a word because Satan came and showed up in Luke. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read through it. I have actually all those verses here where he begins to, to tempt, the devil tempts Jesus. Now, here's the thing, the part I'm going to read really quickly. Now, Jesus, full of and in perfect communion with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they ended, he was hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to be turned into bread. How many have never eaten for 40 days? <laughs> you die. <laughs> this was a very, very stressful, difficult moment in Jesus' life on this earth. How many would agree with that? Right? <clears throat> Jesus' response, he says, it is written. So G Satan offers him all the kingdoms of the world, and what does Jesus do? Jesus responds with a rhema. He responds with the logos, but it came out of his mouth. He spoke. The logos is the written word of God. Watch this, watch this. But when you take that written word of God and you speak it forth in a situation, it's a sword. I said, it's a sword. Listen to me. Sometimes you think, I said it once and the temptation is still there. Uh, Jesus had to do it three times. 
Why didn't the devil just take off and fly the moment he said it one time? Because it's a battle, it's a war. Okay, and the enemy, he just, he, he, he's consistent. He doesn't want to back down. So even Jesus, three times, he takes him through these three temptations. And he goes back and the Lord says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Again, he tempts him again. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God in verse 12. <clears throat> the Bible says that after these three testings, the Bible says that the devil departed from him for a season. In other words, Satan, watch this, was nullified. Satan was stopped in his track. What caused the devil to stop his attack? The spoken word of God. The spoken word of God. Some of you have it up here. And it may even be here. But God is saying it's time to let it out here. Lord, I thank you for my future husband in Jesus' name. That he will serve the Lord God. Lord, I thank you for my future wife, Lord. That you're preparing her even now. That at the right time in due season as I seek you, Lord. That he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. And uh, devil, you're not going to steal our finances in the name of Jesus. You're not going to take this business down. I thank you for bringing in supernatural. Con Come on, somebody. Amen. My daughter or my son or my kids or my grandkids are running wild. In the name of Jesus, you will not have them. They will serve the Lord. They will fulfill the call of God in their life. In Jesus' name, I just break that over their life. Speak the word of God. you got to speak the word of God. That is sword power. Every head bowed, please, this morning. Hallelujah. Sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is a supernatural, spiritual weapon that renders the devil powerless. The sword of the Spirit. Father, we thank you for the sword of the Spirit. Come on, just begin to pray right now. I just feel people's minds are being enlightened in their spirit, man or woman. Some of you right now are grasping, thinking, because this is the year I've, I, I've, I've neglected. I've not opened my mouth. I've not taken. I've not spoken. Oh, I have, but it didn't seem like it did anything. And so I just did it a few times, and I quit. The devil says we need to persevere. <clears throat> God wants us to persevere. The devil perseveres. He's persistent. He doesn't want us to persevere. But we persevere in the spirit realm. And we drive back. And we stop him with the word of God. In the name of Jesus. You're here this morning. You said, Pastor, I've, I've dropped that sword. I've been casual in my walk. I've actually backslid. I'm not right with the Lord. I want to pray with you here this morning. I want to pray with you here this morning. You're not joined in this church, but you are joined in the family of God. The pastor, I want to get right. I want to get right. I want to get on track. Only that track with the things of God. I want to. I want to overcome. I don't want my life to be one defeat after another. I want to. I want to fulfill what God's called me in life. The first step is salvation, and that's a simple prayer, but it's a very powerful prayer, and it's a prayer that only you can pray. To receive Christ into your life. And when you do that, God moves. He moves into your spirit man or your spirit woman. And he saves you. He, he gives you part of his spirit. And he puts it in your spirit. And that's what the Bible says. You become a new creation. You're recreated. You're born again. You're, you're, you have eternal life. Hence starts your wonderful journey. That you here this morning. Let's pray corporately. 
as you would with me. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Fill me with your presence now. Today, I make a decision to serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. And his spirit has come inside. And now begins the journey of faith. Amen? Amen. Someone give the Lord a praise, worship, clap, offering. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to invite all the workers to come forward at this time. And, and they are here for you. They are safe people. They are godly people. They're here to minister to you. And, and some of you, you may need prayer for uh, the next step. You know, there's, there's godly counsel here. There's wisdom here. There's the prayer of agreement. And, the, and they can take your cue and minister to you here this morning. So if that's you and something spoke to you, you say, you know what? We have a next step. And the Bible says we're two or more gathered in the name of Jesus. I am there in their midst. I am there in their midst. And so I'm going to ask you to, to, you know, don't leave here today without being ministered to. This is a very important point in the service, the time of the service, the, the ministry of the saints to be ministered to. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for today. Thank you for all those that have tuned in. I speak a blessing on them and each person that is here today. I thank you for the hunger and the passion and the desire of your people that are here, that are listening to your word. They desire to grow themselves. They desire to, 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 to put on the armor of God. And Lord, this week as we go forth, bring to remembrance, Holy Spirit, these words that were spoken. Bring to remembrance, Lord, rhema words that we need to help us in our battle, to stop the enemy in his tracks, to, to resist him. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Thank you.